0: Welcome to my show, The Green Link, where environmental community leaders share their passion, interest, and amazing work through this channel and continue to guide and inspire everyone around them. I'm Ishan Bardwaj, and today I have Heian Shin. She has a Master of Arts in International Educational Development from Teachers College in Columbia University and Bachelor of Arts in International Development from the College of William and Mary. She is an Education Technical Advisor at the Center for Sustainable Development of Columbia University's Earth Institute. Thanks so much for coming to my
1: show. Thanks so much for having me, Sean, and congratulations on launching this podcast. It's very exciting.
0: So let's back up a little bit. Where did you grow up and how did you like it there?
1: I grew up in Saudi Arabia, but I was born in Korea. And then by the time I was in high school, um, I moved to the U.S. And as a child growing up in Saudi Arabia, I assumed everything in my environment was you know, that is the norm, Um, but now looking back, I'm realizing that it was very unique and I'm very grateful to have had the experience of living there. Um, Of course, the country has a very strong local culture, but as a child growing up there, um, I feel like that there wasn't one dominant culture Um, There was the local culture, and then at home, there was a strong Korean culture, and I went to an international school there with students from over 50 countries, so it was a very international experience, and I'm really glad to have had that.
0: Wow, you have a very diverse cultural background. So when did you start getting involved with the environment? Was it still in Saudi Arabia, or was it after you came to the U.S. in high
1: school? I think it was actually a few different threads coming together over the years. Um, I, my real exposure to it, to it though, was during college. Um, I had taken some environment governance classes, environmental science classes prior to my college years but what changed for me in college was the deeper discussion on not just the physical environment but the role of international cooperation, international laws that come into play when we talk about the environment and environmental protection as well. And right after college I was with the United States Peace Corps as a youth and community educator. And that's where I got a chance to take some of the things that I learned and embed it into uh, my volunteer experience and creating education community programs um, that was about environmental awareness and building more awareness about the community's own physical environment as well. And um, putting some trainings together and putting some events together to build that environmental awareness.
0: So I guess that's what really got you involved and got you started your gears rolling with this environmental crisis and issue. So now you work in Center for Sustainable Development. What do you exactly do at there at the Center for Sustainable Development?
1: So at the Center for Sustainable Development, I'm with the education team, and we wear many hats, uh, myself and also with my colleagues. Um, But a few different things that I have worked on are monitoring and evaluation through qualitative studies to understand um, teachers' use of technology in teaching. And along with that, facilitating training of trainers so that government education leads can teach digital tools to teachers. Uh, We also develop um, early literacy guides and manuals and training materials, and I work on program and content development for our ICT center project, which serves youth and young women to prepare them for job readiness skills through digital literacy, communication, marketing, um, things that that could help in their local job market. But I think given also the scope of our conversation, what might be interesting to you is um, the ECO Ambassador Program that um, I'm helping to design and curate the contents for along with my colleagues. And the ECO Ambassador Program, um, it started first as a means to merge uh, science knowledge with activism. Um, And it has really, in our course of developing that program, we really realized the power of community and youth activism and civic engagement when it comes to discussing environmental issues and addressing them. So that is um, the program that we're really excited about.
0: Could you explain a little bit more about your work and what the Eco Ambassador Program is all about?
1: Sure. So the two pillars, the main two pillars that we work with for the program is science knowledge has to be a foundation, uh, but that knowledge has to translate into some type of activism and advocacy. So just to give you maybe some examples of what our eco ambassadors have done, um, they have heard from researchers and practitioners on renewable energy, on the magnitude of the single plastics issue, about Um, the type of wastage that is produced in the fast fashion industry. And our eco Ambassadors have taken on their own research, but also have taken their knowledge to turn it into uh, different communication tools, starting uh, channels um, on, on social media to communicate what they have learned with their schools, with their peers, and with their communities.
0: Wow, that's a great way to get the youth involved. Amazing that kids can do all of this. So how do you connect your experience in education? You have a degree in education. So how can
1: you connect this experience with the environment? That's a great question, because I think this question really got me thinking and got me reflecting about just what my training has been, but also how it really plays out in work and in practice. Uh, so one of the things that we learned from our Um, more traditional, if you will, more traditional education programs is that community-based learning and community mobilization is crucial for any education messaging, for starting any program, for really understanding the needs on the ground. So similarly for environment, when we have done curriculum development, Um, or when we have tried to um, go into this eco-ambassador program of changing, you know, knowledge into transferring it into activism, we have really tried to take the community approach um, in approaching the environmental issues or in discussing the environmental issues. So it is not something that just exists in the classroom or on your articles Um, But it is something that is real and that can be discussed very openly with people in that are physically close to you and that are in your social network.
0: Yeah, for sure. And again, since you're heavily involved with education, do you think schools are teaching enough about the environment and the problems we're facing today? And do you feel that it, it really needs to go beyond the schools as well?
1: I think the schools are definitely on the path to really incorporating environment into the education and lessons. What I think is still an issue is often seeing environment as a separate topic that needs to be taught rather than a very pressing and real issue that is so present and so pervasive and is such a just a a part of life for all of us. So I think what is missing is not not necessarily that not enough is being done to teach, but perhaps in that approach of how we go about talking about the environment. I think um, assessments still drive very heavily our learning of the environmental content and knowledge. And that has to go beyond just that classroom learning Um, learning the knowledge that leads to assessment and passing your getting a good grade or passing your grade level, it needs to be more, are the students really understanding what is happening? And it seems from the various activism at global scale that is happening, um, that is happening, but I think more needs to be done in and out of the classroom for that conversation to be more real and more plugged into students' daily lives and their communities and what they're seeing locally.
0: So in the past, you must have been in contact with students personally. So how has that changed with COVID-19? And are you looking forward for it to end? And how are you managing now?
1: Yes, so with COVID-19, I think one of the biggest change from our program level is the transition that we have had to take all our um, physical um, workshops and meetings and conferences, um, making them all um, digital and online. So that has been the biggest change. But I am very grateful that our center and my education team's work was able to continue during this time. We also often travel internationally for our education projects as well. So that has taken a turn too. Um, and regarding your question about if I'm looking forward to COVID-19 to end, uh, for sure, absolutely. Um, but you know, quite frankly, I've been really thinking about during this period, you know what, what is the kind of world that we want to go into after COVID-19 ends, right? Because this pandemic period, unfortunately, has shown us so much about the things that need to change in ourselves, in our systems, and how we need to be better educated and prepared with the issues that we have seen about social justice in our politics, in environment. A lot of things have come on the surface. So, I'm reminding myself this every day, but I hope the listeners of your channel also really use this period, not just as a waiting period to, okay, like let, let COVID finish, not just as a waiting period, but a period to really reflect and plan so that we can act on things that really matter to us during this time and beyond.
0: I'm sure that must have opened up more opportunities being able to reach out to more people through technology. So, with the new presidency and new government forming in a few days which supports clean energy and environmental awareness, do you think it's going to help gain traction towards the green initiatives that were pretty much otherwise
1: ignored? Absolutely and I think speak for more than just myself, when I say um, I'm really hopeful for some changes that can happen um, with the new administration that is coming into office that has shown you know green initiatives, um, eco consciousness, eco awareness, and the understanding of our need for that in this country and uh, and beyond in terms of international dialogue, in terms of international cooperation. Um, Unfortunately, you know, a lot of these international collaboration that needs to happen um, in terms of, you know, Paris climate agreement or the U.S. government involvement and support um, in the World Health Organization and the UN agencies that has scaled back a little bit um, in the past four years. So I'm really looking forward to those changing changes Happening, And while I think we all agree we don't think one person um, can hold the answer or one administration to hold the answer to all our issues, I think there are very meaningful and impactful and positive changes that can happen when priorities are revisited and corrected.
0: Yeah, I hope so too. So that wraps it up for today. Thanks so much for taking the time to speak with me today, Hayan, and I had a pleasure talking with you today. I really hope that I can get involved with some of the great projects that you've been working on too.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Sean. It was a pleasure to talk to you. And um, we are actually very inspired by your work um, at our, um, equal, our education team at the Center for Sustainable Development. So thank you for all your enthusiasm and initiative and activism in doing this work of sharing the environment knowledge. Um, so thank you and thank you for having me. Thanks so
0: much for listening to the show. Subscribe to my podcast if you enjoyed. Also, follow me on social media. My Instagram and Facebook is at the GreenLink2020 and my Snapchat is at the GreenLink. Thanks for tuning in and see you next time.